If you would love to support the podcast, keep us on the air, head on over to Kofi and support us. It's four pounds or six bucks. And we use that money to help us with the podcast hosting, to get us software, to help us with editing. Or you can become part of the membership, which is a monthly payment of four pounds or six bucks and get a monthly Zoom call with Rachel and I and all exclusive content as well over on Kofi. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is also called Keeping Up The Windsors. And we have lots of different content over there, including a recent vlog of Buckingham Palace. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. Hello everyone. Oh, hello and welcome to our Royal Community Spotlight episode. Our lovely guest, Isabella. Rach, tell us everything about Isabella. So she has an Instagram account, Royalty Diaries EU, and her Instagram is not just about the British Royal Family, but about all the other European Royal Families. Amazing. I don't know anything about the other Royal Families. I know some of their names and what they look like. But as like the the history and how they're related to each other, I have no clue. So I'm so excited to hear everything about uh, Isabella's talk with us today because um, I'm, I think we're going to get educated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might be a little bit of a history lesson for us both, eh? Yeah, buckle up, Royal Community. Get a cup of tea. I think this is time for us to have a bit of a Royal History lesson. Yeah. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce you to this week's episode and welcome Isabella. Hello, Isabella. Welcome to Keep It Up With The Windsors. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to meet you both. Um, I mean, it's you guys. I'm very excited. <laughs> like, I'm a big it. fan of your page. Can I just say, Royal Community, for you, the, obviously you can't see what we're seeing because we're on Zoom right now recording this. Isabella has got the background of the troop in the colour on like the balcony with all the royal family at the back and I'm living for it. <laughs> I mean, I had to, right? I had to. It's Louis. And the queen. So look at her face. Look at the queen. <laughs> oh, royal community. I, I wish you could see what we're seeing right now. There's the queen with, what was it like? A cornflower blue? blue yeah. Wedgwood. She looked amazing, didn't she? I loved that outfit on her. Loved her. Loved seeing her on the balcony too. I didn't think I could see her, but because we were closest to the palace in the mouth, we got to go closest to the balcony. So at that point, I could capture her with my camera. I was really shocked. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that the queen? <laughs> so you are in San Francisco at the moment, yes. Isabella, but you actually came to London for the Jubilee. Yes, I did. How was it? Oh my gosh, so exciting. I didn't know Brits celebrate this this like big. I was like, oh my gosh, everybody's singing Sweet Caroline in the streets. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. It's become a bit of an anthem, that song has, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was such a lovely atmosphere, wasn't it? Really family friendly. Yeah, it really was, you know, just being there. Such an amazing experience, a once in a lifetime. And, you know, we never get to see this again, especially, you know, with the Queen. And so I think 
it was just really special, really, really special. So did you plan your trip around the Jubilee or did you come specifically for the Jubilee? So I really, really wanted to go to the Jubilee because I knew this was like one of the last times, you know, for the Queen. And so I actually planned it specifically for the Jubilee. So yeah. And was you here for the four days? I was, but I missed the last day, unfortunately, because we went to Bath. I mean, Bath was amazing too, but I wish I could have seen the last finale. I mean, that, that's the thing. When you come in from a long way, you want to also have the experience of being in Britain as well. What was your favorite day? I would say, honestly, probably Trooping the Color because I haven't experienced it before. And so that was like my first time waiting on the streets at like 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's people that's been sleeping here overnight? Like, how do you do that in a tent? I'm like, what? There were so many tents. Exactly. We just stayed there for until 5 a.m. until, you know, it ended. It was hot, too, because we were in the front row. And so everybody was pushing and shoving. But it was amazing. It was really, really cool. And we were by the um, press stands. And so we could see the royals coming out from Clarence House to the palace and then making their way back. So it was like we got to see the best of both worlds. We got to see the cars and we got to see the carriages driving through. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So your Instagram account, Royalty Diaries EU, is not just about the British royal family, but about European royals as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes. European royals. When did you start your account and what made you want to start it? So I started my account in 2021. And I think that's actually the same time around you ladies started your account, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was during lockdown and I was watching the movie with Nicole Kidman, Grace of Monaco. And so I got really interested in Monaco's royal family and I'm like, oh my gosh, why don't I share my passion with just not the British royals, but other European royals with the community out here. And years before, I actually had started accounts on the British royals, but never European royals. And so I was really interested and got invested in, you know, history, tiaras, fashion, all that sorts of jazz. And so I decided, why don't I create something where we can all go to to see European royal families? And that's how the account got started. It's like a superstore for European royalties, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so just go to separate shops, you go into one big superstore. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Isabella, what do your friends think of you running a royal account? Do they know that you run a royal account? Not a lot of my friends know that I run a royal account, but definitely my family does. They're like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, hey, it's my royal account. Follow it. Yeah, I'm so passionate about it, but they love it. They love it. They think that it's amazing that there's such an outreach, a community that I can go to, you know, to share my love because not everybody here in California knows much about the royal family. And so it's very rare to find somebody like this. And it's, I'm so amazed how many people around the world have a community of people that they can go to, especially in the royal community. Yeah. Did you go to the Jubilee with your family? I did. And I had friends that were there as well. So, yeah. Are your family royalists? I would say... They they know about it, but my mom, she loves Princess Diana. And so she knew a lot about the royals because I always talk about them. And so basically her happiest memory was me freaking out about seeing William and Catherine for the first time during Trooping the Color. Amazing. She's like, your face just lit up right there. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> did you do it me and start crying? <laughs> I did. I was freaking out. My heart was basically racing at that point. Yeah. 
for me is when I saw the kids. I was like, oh, the kids. Yeah, you freaked with the kids and I was trying to vlog for YouTube. So I was trying to hold it steady whilst crying. It was quite hard. (laughs) And we were being filmed at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, by a camera crew. So it was all going on. The adrenaline rush was just there. And um, the man who got pulled out, uh, I think, by the police, um, mm, the protesters. Yeah, the protesters. That was um, <laughs> interesting too. The people were still clapping. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite bizarre. We didn't even know it was happening. It was kind of there. We looked and we thought, there's a bit of a commotion. What's going on? Is this part of the of the troop in yeah. the colour? Oh no, oh no, it's not. <laughs> when you see like 10 police pe- people peg it down the yeah. mouth. <laughs> You're like, oh. Uh, what were the crowd like around you, Isabella? Because when that was happening with the protesters, everyone really rallied around the police officers and like we were clapping and honestly, it was such a wonderful vibe when that had brought down the mood, if that makes sense. What were the crowd like with you around where you were? They were amazing. We had all people from around the world. So we had someone from Australia, again, from the United States, the Philippines, Germany, Britain. And I got to talk to all sorts of people. You know, they're not as royally obsessed, but they love the royal family. And just being there for the Jubilee was amazing to see the outcry of how many people there were during Trooping the Color. I didn't know that there were going to be that many people during Trooping or the whole Jubilee in general. Yeah, it was it was a big event, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Did you go to Party at the Palace? We got there like 3 p.m. So we went there extra early because we wanted to be in the front. That was a bad decision. Like, that was a bad decision. Now I'm thinking about it. We should have probably gone later, mostly because we were crowded up towards the very front. And so there's a lot of drinkers and smokers. But I think it was really fun, actually. I love seeing Queen perform. And that bit with Her Majesty. Oh, my gosh. And Paddington Bear. Paddington Bear. We cried. We cried, didn't we, Shell? It was incredible. What was wonderful was actually experiencing that with what was this, 60,000, 70,000 people on the mall. You can't replicate that feeling. It was just intense, but in a very good way. It's a memory I don't think I can ever erase from my mind. It's just etched in there as one of the good ones, you know? And I think because it wasn't one of the things that we was, not that we weren't looking forward to it, but we had other events that we were more looking forward to and that just surpassed all of our expectations, didn't it? And, you know, I love the part where the whole nation just belted out God Save the Queen. That was pretty amazing to see how the British people and not only the British people but people from around the world even knew God Save the Queen like I did too that was amazing just seeing the outcry of people there to support the Queen we do love a good sing-along in Britain I have to say it's very <laughs> panto we love it we do love it it's part of our heritage <laughs> you stick on a, a football song or an anthem we're there we're right there fully committed <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your favourite royal family to cover I would say I, of course the British royal family But, you know, the Swedish royal family is definitely a close favorite because they are so down to earth. They release documentaries every year, giving an insight into their life. And I think that's really close knit for us, especially because we don't see that with the British royals. You know, we don't see them going out up close, seeing their personalities behind screens. So I think that's really amazing that the Swedish royal family can create those documentaries. Yeah, because we've had a lot of backlash over the years for the British royals. There have been documentaries in the past in the 80s and the 90s people didn't like it they didn't like seeing them normal they see them as these people on a pedestal and that's very interesting isn't it the different 
cultures and how they want their royals to be. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, because I've noticed with the Scandinavian royals, they're much more, I guess, open than the British royals, which I think is fairly interesting. I'm not sure why, really. But yeah, I think that's a really good point that you bring up. They get hate for a lot of the things they do. And I feel like the British royals are more known. So maybe that's why they're not as open as other royals because they're Mm. more well-known. Yeah. And also, when you think about it, if a Swedish member of the royal family came over to Britain, it would be covered because they'd be probably meeting the British royal family. But we wouldn't necessarily have that coverage in Britain. Whereas if our British royal family went to another country, it might have more press coverage. I guess because of the way in which they are with the press, they do hound them a bit more. No, I definitely agree with that because Crown Princess Victoria came over here to study in the United States and it wasn't as press covered as if Kate and William were to come over here, you know, for the BAFTAs in 2011. So I think that's really interesting how it kind of balances each other. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we've had a few questions that have come from our followers on Instagram and your followers as well. So we thought that we'd answer a few of them. First off, I thought it was a really interesting question from Hill Hogan. And she asked, can you explain a bit about how the European royal families are related? Yeah, so a lot of the European royals are related because a lot of the kings and queens of Europe marry their children off into other royal families. So, for example, Queen Elizabeth II and the Queen of Denmark are related as cousins through King Christian IX. And Queen Victoria was known to marry her children off into other European royal families to create this political alliance with other countries, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, because when you look back through history, even the time of, I don't know, Henry VIII, that's what it was, wasn't it? You know, you had a princess from England, she would marry into France and... Austria would marry into Germany or, you know, it was just to keep the alliances, wasn't it? It wasn't a love match. It was always a political match. Yeah, yeah. And I find other members of the royal family that I haven't even heard about. And I trace back through their family tree and I'm like, oh my God, they're related to, you know, Queen Elizabeth or Queen Victoria. And so I thought that was pretty interesting and fascinating how everybody is related and intersected in a way. Yeah, because they want to keep their power and their wealth centralized. And in those times anyway, it would see as a more of a dilution of blue blood, wouldn't it? They want royals to marry with other royals. Yeah, definitely. Keeping it with the bloodline. That's what it was all about. That's why we see a lot of them related to each other again, because of that political alliance and keeping it in the bloodline, which is a little bit classist in a way, but yeah, they wanted to keep it in that line of succession. That's tradition for you, isn't it? Like now it's not a thing as much anymore, is it? And I actually like that they branched out that they can marry whoever they want. For example, Catherine, she just came from a normal family. I think she's absolutely amazing because Catherine didn't grow up in a royal family or in a technically aristocratic family. She's much different in the way she handles people or talks to people, which I think is really what the royal family needs. Yeah. And I think when you look at the bloodlines, like you said, the majority of the royal families now are descended from Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Well, they did have like 30 kids, didn't they? <laughs> That's not an actual yeah. number, by the way. What did they have, like 15? <laughs> no, nine, I think it was nine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, there's me adding another six. <laughs> I actually made a few notes because I wanted to get this right. So the Queen is a great-great-granddaughter of Albert and Victoria. So is King Carl of Sweden and Queen Marguerite of Denmark. So they're all great-great-grandchildren. Yes. And then the King of Spain, Philippe the King of Spain, he is a great-great-great-grandson of Victoria and Albert. So again, they're all interlinked. It's so interesting. I was looking and back at, well, who who was that? Who was who was their parent? Who was that parent? And it's and it's like, oh, Victoria and Albert's youngest son, Prince Leopold. And then it was like Princess Victoria, Prince and I was like, oh my gosh, literally, they're all just interbred with each other, aren't they? I was shocked myself. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're all related to each other somehow. But when the Queen meets the Queen of Denmark, it literally is that they're cousins, right? They're second. They're not direct cousins. I think they're second cousins, aren't they? Yeah. So it's got an added layer to it, hasn't it? It's not just, I respect you because you're royalty. I respect you and you're a family member. You know what I think is so interesting too is that the um, Scandinavian royals have such a great relationship with each other. They're very close-knit. You know, we see the Norwegian royals, the Swedish royals, and the Danish royals all coming together for these family events. Like at Princess Ingrid Alexandra's 18th birthday, we saw a ton of the other European royals come to her birthday party. It was just like a whole family celebration. It wasn't just that they're royal, but you know, they're family, cousins, aunts, uncles. It's like a whole family celebration at that point. Yeah. And Isabella, as you said, that reminded me of Prince Philip's Thanksgiving service because there were so many there from different royal families from across the world as well, wasn't there? Yeah. And we saw, you know, the Greek royals too coming there. They're close relatives of Prince Philip. Again, like it's just a huge family celebration. Like nothing's changed. You know that they're royal. I like to think that they have a group chat with each other. <laughs> like messaging group chat. <laughs> Could you, you know? imagine? They've got like a WhatsApp group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the firm. <laughs> the firm. I love it. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. Oh, I thought it was really interesting when I was researching the royals. Obviously, you said about the Greek royal family. The Greek royal family doesn't exist anymore, but they still use their titles. Yeah, they use courtesy titles. Yeah, yeah. courtesy titles. And what I found interesting is that um, the last king of Greece, King Constantine, married Princess Anne of Denmark, who is the sister of Queen Marguerite of Denmark. Yeah. And I was just like, even now it's like, it's, it's still happening, isn't it? In, the, in terms of the European oh, yeah. world, they're still marrying into the family. Well, they're all going to the same parties, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're like, British Temple, they all come and they have like a dance or whatever. Like that's still going on. They've got these big palaces. They've got to have dances, haven't they? Just imagining right now, you know, a huge, big family reunion. Like, what would that be like? Wow. <laughs> I know. What's lovely is hearing you talking so passionately about the European royal families. What got you into it? What was like the the impetus? What was the starting point for you? So I definitely don't think it was one thing. Kind of little instances throughout my lifetime. My mother was very invested in Princess Diana. And my grandmother was invested in Queen Elizabeth II. So I still have chats with them about the royals. But also, you know, movies, nostalgia of projects even in school about the royals in elementary school i remember having a friend from london um she moved here for a little bit while her father was working and so she had a magazine during recess that had a picture of the royals on it and i'm like oh my gosh who's that 
She's like, oh, it's the royal family. And I'm like, oh, I never heard about that before. And so I think from then on, I just got really invested. And I was so interested because throughout our childhood, you know, we hear stories about kings and queens and princesses and princes. I know it's not like that in real life, but I just got so fascinated by it and just everything. And that's how it really took off from there. It just snowballs, isn't it? Because the more you know, the more you need to know, because it kind of just opens up. And then when you factor in, like we were just talking about, all of the different connections, it's mind blowing. I know. I'm like still surprised by it till this day. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> even some celebrities are related to the royals. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So we've had another question from Brittany Davenport and she asked, what country would you like to visit with a member of the royal family and why? Okay. This is an interesting question. Uh, I, I would probably say I would bring Sophie the Countess of Wessex, and I would go on a trip to France in the countryside visiting the different chateaus. I just think Sophie would be a great person to bring, mostly because she has such a calm persona and she's so kind and caring with everybody that she meets that, of course, I would want to bring her around, but I would also say Catherine for the most part, yeah. I had such a 180 turn with um, Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, when I went to the Jubilee. I didn't really give her much thought. She was just part of the royal family and that was it. But when I saw her in real life, she's so magnetic. And exactly what you were saying, kind and caring and had lots of time for everyone. My opinions of her has changed so much. I've got so much respect for her. Not many people think about her when it comes to the royal family. Well, many people just think about the Cambridges or Charles and Camilla, but I think Sophie is one of those underlying people that really are the backbone to the royals with her charities. And it's amazing how much stuff that she has done when she married into the royal family to now. You know, we saw her cry when Prince Philip died. And I think that was her outreaching to the people that she knows what they're going through too, that we're in this together and that we can get through this. Yeah, I think Sophie is a bit like Catherine in the sense that she didn't come from an aristocratic family, did she? She met Edward, I think it was through PR because he was performing and he was acting. And I think they met through that connection. And she had nothing to do with aristocratic lines or royalty. She's just a normal quotation mark person compared to, say, for instance, I don't know, Princess Diana, because obviously Diana was from an aristocratic family. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And again, like bringing up, I think there's just something about the royal family needing Sophie or say Catherine, needing a person from the outside to come into the family is really important to reach outreach with the people, which is what Diana did as well. But I think Sophie is definitely one of those underlying people that has the backbone of the family. Yeah, and usually with the backbone of the family, like Prince Philip, they don't scream about it. They don't say, this is what I'm doing. They just quietly get on with things. I think that's what Sophie's so good at too like she hasn't really said much but she is absolutely amazing and like you said like prince philip she just gets through with it everything you know even her children and her husband the whole family is just incredible and to see the amazing work that they have done through the years is just fascinating to me mine would have to be the queen <laughs> yeah, yeah where you taking the queen rage where's she going with you well <laughs> I'm not taking her. She's taking me to Balmoral because <laughs> I want to see like a behind the scenes. I want to do the washing up with the Queen, you know, as we know. She does the wash. Well, I don't know if she does it now, but I think it would just be nice 
back in the day, if I could have gone on like a stalking expedition with her up in the Highlands, got like a real taste of like who she is as a person and not just the monarch. Yeah. The private person. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with that because the queen is actually a really interesting person. She's quite shy and we don't know much about her. We only see, again, what's their persona on the outside. So I think that's what makes the royal family so interesting is that we still have that kind of mystery to them. And that's what makes them so interesting too. And kind of like celebrities, I feel like now. They're more like celebrities now to a ton of people. But we have to remember they are doing an active role, an active job, a duty to their country and to the people. And, you know, the most important thing is that they're helping people through using their positions through their charities and patronages. Yeah, and talking about that actually, Isabella, are there any patronages or charities that are your personal favorites when it comes to the royals? I would say when William, Kate and Harry did heads together, because as a younger person or as the future generation, mental health is so important these days, especially, you know, also climate change, what William's doing now. It's just very important. And I love that they're doing it. You know, they're outreaching modernized charities to the next generation of people and i think now it's their time to shine will you be going to boston to um see william at the Earthshot prize this year i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping i'm praying that i get to go you know yeah i'm hoping i'm going to london hopefully next year but I'm hoping I get to go to Boston this year to see them. Oh, fingers crossed. My one Christmas wish. <laughs> Unless Bobby gets granted. Oh, fingers crossed for you. I would love to go to Canada, to a French-speaking part of Canada with the Queen. And I'm just going to let the Queen speak French to everyone. And I'm going to just kind of go along with it and try and speak a bit of French with the Queen. Have you ever been to Canada? No, it's on my list. I'm so excited to go. Haven't been yet, but hopefully I'm going to go in the next, say, two years. Okay, you need to go to Victoria, British Columbia. Okay. It is absolutely amazing. That's where William and Kate visited, I forget, I think 2016. It's really beautiful there and they have so much history. So definitely go visit there. I will. I, I mean, it's so big, isn't it, the country? But I'd love to go to just different places. I think Canada's kind of on my radar at the moment. What about European royals? Is there anything charity-wise that they do that really interests you? Yeah, so Crown Princess Victoria and Crown Princess Mary, especially Crown Princess Mary's charities and patronages against bullying. I think bullying is something that sometimes we've all gone through. I know I have gone through that before, and I think it's very important. The cyberbullying, especially now, you know, online, new generation again. Like I said, the technology we have now, I think it's very important to outreach into those sorts of charities to tell people, you know, it's okay. We all go through this and it's going to get better, but we have to learn from those mistakes to get better. Absolutely. Yeah. So Isabella, Save Royal Community Now are like, right, I want to find out more about the European royals. And then they go to Royalty Diaries EU, which is your um, Instagram page. What are they going to find on there? What is what's some things that you cover on your Instagram? I cover a lot of things, actually. I cover the news. I can't get everything, but I cover the news about the European royals. I do have tiara posts. So I have a bookmarked section on tiara, which you can scroll through. I have some history posts. I have the posts about the Jubilee. I have video clips, reels, anything about them, basically. Any information about them. Oh, royal weddings, aristocratic weddings are very important. I have those on there too as well. Um, Engagements, anything like that. And I love it. I 
I love especially hearing about the aristocratic weddings too, which not many people know about, but I also like to think, you know, how are they related to some of the other royal families, which I find pretty interesting. We're talking about aristocratic weddings, but what is your favorite? And this could be like of all of the European royal family. What has been your favorite royal wedding? I would probably say Kate. Yeah. I mean, nothing but Princess Grace of Monaco was actually one of my favorites as well. Her dress, stunning, timeless, everything about it. I love yeah, it. That's all over my Pinterest. It's all over it. my Pinterest. That, that dress, I love that dress. <laughs> it's, so, it's so iconic, isn't it? It's one it of really those dresses is. that stayed in your mind, like Diana's and um, Catherine's. I think Kate's dress was, I think, inspired by Grace's. And I love Grace's dress. It's so timeless and so 50s. And I love vintage. So I love it. Amazing. So let, let's talk tiaras then. We, we, you've just mentioned it. We love a tiara here on Keeper of the Windsors. <laughs> we love it. What is, what's fascinating to you about tiaras and what's your favorite tiara? Um, I would say what's so fascinating. I don't know. I just think the jewels, the history. When I went to the um, Sotheby's exhibit for the Jubilee, seeing the tiaras, because I've never seen a tiara, I was amazed. I was like, mm. oh my gosh, how are they floating? You know, yeah. and just seeing the jewels there is absolutely spectacular. Just seeing this sparkle. But yeah, I think my favorite would have to be the Girls of Great Britain tiara or... I think the Danish pirate tiara, mostly because they're so beautiful. I don't know very much about the Danish tiara. So is it got different colored jewels or is it just all diamonds? It's like, um, it's, it has, I, I forget, but floral accents and then rubies. Stunning. Yeah. We've actually got a vlog of the Sotheby's tiara exhibition, uh, Royal Community. So if you haven't seen that, head on over to YouTube, Keeping Up With The Windsors. Um, and we were just as mesmerized as what you just said, Isabella, about those floating tiaras. They were incredible. We walked in and my like jaw drops. I looked at Michelle and I was like, oh my gosh, look at the diamonds. I was just like, <laughs> diamonds galore. Like people saw me in the um, exhibit and I'm like, oh my gosh. And people were just looking at me because I was so amazed because I've never seen something like that before. And we don't have those types of exhibitions here in California. So I'm like, ah, so amazing. And the fact that it was free as well. It's free, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, I think one tiara was for sale. I mean, I could never afford it. But, you know, there's always the dream. There's always the dream. Well, you do know you can always go to Etsy and get a knockoff royalty. <laughs> True. Or Wish. Oh, yeah, or Wish. Oh, I love it. Love it. Okay, this is another an excellent question by Brittany Davenport, which I know she's given us two questions, but she's just amazing at these questions. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do this one. Brittany Davenport said, what do you like most about the royal family? And what would you change about them? So if you want to extend it to a European uh, royal family, please feel free, Isabella, or just keep it to the British royal family. Do whatever feels right for you. Yeah. So what do I like most about the royal family or European royal families? So I would say they have such a charm to them. Um, again, like like I said in my some of my previous answers, there's a certain celebrity to them that makes them so fascinating to just learn about and you know we don't get to see a whole lot of them and so I think that's what makes them so interesting it's about like childhood dreams like dreaming about princesses and princes and that's not how it is now but um they are modern royals and doing things to help people that's what I love most about them is really 
the work that they do to help other people who need the help. And so I think that's what makes them so amazing. I don't know what I would change about them, but I would say, again, um, maybe in the past, I would say marrying for love. I think that's hurt a lot of people in the past. I completely agree with you. It would be lovely if everyone married for love and not for power or, you know, keeping it in the family or whatever. And how different our royal families would look if everyone married for love. I think a lot less people would get hurt that way too, especially because they're so reserved and they have such strict rules that they have to follow. It sounds dumb now, right? That they had these protocols, but they had to follow them no matter what. You know, Princess Margaret couldn't marry the person that she loved because of protocol. And so I think if they were more open to that, maybe things would be different. I love to think that if that happened today with how we are as a society today, Margaret would have married Peter Townsend and it would have just been the biggest love story. Don't get me wrong, she was happy with her family and the children she had, but I think it would have been so different had her relationship come up now. Just like with um, Harry and Meghan, because she was Catholic, she was married before, 50, 60 years ago, it never would have been a thing. They would never have been allowed Mm -hmm. to marry. Exactly. And I think the society now, now we could say that people can actually marry who they want, but exactly like you said, 50, 60 years ago, even 100 years ago, It had to be specific to keep it in the bloodline, to keep it in the line of succession. I think what's interesting about what you said before is the royals can be quite unattainable sometimes. And that's one of the things I would change about them. And I think especially over the pandemic, we've seen, especially William Catherine, become more accessible. When we've seen them on engagements, they've been taking selfies with people. That would have never happened five years ago. And I think the way our society is now with social media being such a big part of our lives, it's one of those things where they know moving forward that they have to be more involved in that sense because how are people going to connect to them if they can't connect to others? Yeah, and I think that's what we love. You know, we love seeing normal glimpses into their life. I think that's what gets us so excited. Because it's very rare that we get to see those very rare glimpses into their lives. And I think that's what makes us connect with them or them connect with us, really, is that they are normal people. They just have an incredible, important job to fulfill that they can't always do what they want or what they like to do. Would you say that the the European royals are more accessible than the British royals? I definitely would say that for the most part. The Scandinavian royals are definitely much more open than the British royals. Like, uh, I think a few weeks ago, a few days ago, we saw Crown Princess Victoria take her daughter to a concert. I think that was just incredibly amazing. Yeah. And do you know what? On, On that point, I will answer the question and bring in that point as well. Because one thing I love about the royal family, it's the stability that they bring to a society. The royal family have a constant so there's always a constant figurehead at the helm. And that, it, it, even though we, I mean, not us royal community, we love the royals, but anyone who doesn't like the royals, that is still um, within our society and a valuable thing to have. And you'll only miss that once it's gone. You don't realize how stabilizing that is, especially with Queen Elizabeth II, because she has been on the throne for 70 years. That is a lot of stability. And I can't even fathom a day when she's not going to be queen, but it's going to happen sometime. 
But I love the fact that we know who's next and we know who's next after that. And we know who's next after that. There is stability there. I also love the charity stuff, but I've already said that a million (laughs) times on different episodes of the podcast. And then the one thing I would change, which actually comes into your point, Isabella, is I would change their relationship to the press. Because I actually think that it seems like a symbiotic, but I actually think it's more of a bullying relationship with the press. And that's the reason why I don't think we'll ever see, unless it is a packed shot, we'll ever see Prince George at a concert, unless it's like an official engagement, because of the way in which their relationship with the press is. And I think that's probably the reason why the European royals probably have a a, a weight better time expressing who they are because they won't have all of the you mentioned bullying earlier you won't get that as much because they have a little bit more of an easy breezy relationship with the press I just don't think that our British royal family have that and also I think they actually contribute to it in some ways so I would change their relationship with the press yeah I would definitely agree with that they're more well known which makes them, I guess, more toned to press bullying in that sense. Just like, Kate, I don't think there's a day that goes by that the press won't hound her anytime. Or even Megan, people saying crude things about her. I know some people might not like what she did, but, you know, just mean things like that is just what brings people down. And that's why, like you said, I don't think they could do stuff like that because of their relationship with the press. And a lot of the people are saying, oh, the royal family, you know, is finished. They're done for. Nobody likes them. But we see with the Jubilee how many people have shown up and how many, how the nation comes together for them. And so I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when you say a point like that is it's all to do with, isn't it, the whole Harry and Meghan and the British royals. It's all in with that in the sense that once the Queen goes they're finished but William and Catherine are extremely popular Prince Charles and Camilla aren't as popular as them so we've said it before that there'll probably be a dip in popularity when Charles becomes king and then when William ascends to the throne it will probably rise again and at the moment we've had the Jubilee we're still riding the coattails of that you've got George Charlotte and Louis they're the future of the monarchy so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future but when you say the queen you just think of Queen Elizabeth II But as you know, as a European royals account, you've got Queen Marguerite, you've got a Queen of Spain. There's so many. But when you think of a royal, you do think of the British royals. Yeah, they are really one of the most popular celebrity type families out there. And so I think that's why um, a lot of the European royals can more or less roam freely and have more normality than the British royals because they might be lesser known. Or they don't have as bad as that relationship with the press as the British royals do. And like you said, of course, who do we think of when we think royal? You think Queen Elizabeth II. So what is next for you then, Isabella? You want to carry on with your Instagram? Are you really enjoying it at the moment? Love it. I love the hobby. (laughs) I love the hobby. (laughs) I love talking to to you guys too. And um, I love talking to the comments. I love replying to them, you know. You know, even the, some of the hate comments, you know, I can take, <laughs> I can take some of the hate comments. Um, I just love it. It's such a passion for me. And it's something that I can just escape um, in my spare time and something that I love doing. You say about the hate comments. I'd be interested to know, do the European royals get hate comments or is it just the British royals? Oh, yeah. The European royals get hate comments, too. 
I, I've seen stuff about Princess Charlene, which have been horrendous. Yeah, she's getting a bad rap for her health, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Especially during the outing with Albert to meet the Pope. I don't know why they've been hounding her for her looks, but it's just bizarre to me. They got to sell a story, right? I know. And you know what's horrible is that the press and people in the comments have been hating on children, which I really don't like to see. You know, the royal children. I don't think anybody should be hating on children no matter yeah. what. Yeah, completely agree. So if you would love to know more about the European royal family and also our British royal family as well, you can head on over to Royalty Diaries EU over on Instagram. And that's lovely Isabella's Instagram account. Go over and follow her. I'm just about to go over and follow you right now because I need to know more about the European royals. <laughs> Educate me. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for you to join our community. And, you know, I think that's what's wonderful about the royal community and not just the British royal community, but actually the royal community in in total. It's so lovely to meet everyone who just has a passion and loves talking about it. So thank you so much for being here and being part of the podcast. Oh, I loved meeting you ladies. And I'm such a big, big fan of your page. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was lovely to have Isabella come on as a guest for our Royal Community Spotlight episode. And Shell, we've learned some more about the European royals. Who knew? Honestly, I knew that they married into different families, but it's so connected, isn't it? Even to this day, it's amazing, really, when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that the Queen and Queen Marguerite in Denmark, they're like second cousins. It just blows my mind. I love it. And do you know what I also love about Isabella? She's super passionate about the royals to the point where, like, we were talking about the Jubilee and she just knows everything. Like, we we know a lot about the British royal family and it does take all of our time to just know that. The fact that she knows all, everything about all the other European royal family blows my mind how much she knows. I know. So, yeah, if you want to head on over to her Instagram, Royalty Diaries EU, it's all about the European royals. You can learn more about the tiaras there. Um, royal weddings, aristocratic weddings, fashion, obviously any royal engagements that come up. Head on over to her Instagram because she'll have all the information that you need about the European royals. If you would love to follow Rachel and I, head on over to Instagram, Keeping Up With The Windsors pod, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Keeping Up With The Windsors. If you'd like to support us, you can over on Ko-fi, K-O-F-I. It's £4 or 6 bucks, and that helps keep the podcast on the air. And we've also got special content over on Kofi for monthly members, which includes a monthly Zoom call. Yes, which I absolutely loved our monthly Zoom call this month. It was amazing just meeting you all and having a chat about just loads of different. I was showing some uh, royal memorabilia, right? We were talking about our Buckingham Palace trip. It was just amazing to meet you. So thank you so much to everyone who joined us this month. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a five-star rate. We'd absolutely love that. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a five-star review, and why not comment on why you like listening to the podcast each week and get us seen by more people so they can become part of the world community as well. Thank you so much for being here. A massive thank you to Isabella for being part of the Royal Community Spotlight episode this week. And we will see you next week on Keeping, Keeping Up, up with, with the Windsors. Windsors.